Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to podcast number 322 of Guys, Guys Radio, the place where where, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. That's what we're all about here. And we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Hillary Ramo has uh, written a book. She's a famous talk show uh, radio host and uh, really been uh, instrumental in uh, kind of the new age uh, area. And uh, she's really done some fantastic work. I think she's calling me up. Hang on. I'm going to take this call. Hold on, folks. Hello? Okay. Yeah, three, four. No, it shouldn't. Now it should work. Three, four, seven, nine, four, five, five, eight, three, four. I am. Okay. I'll, I'll keep you on hold here. All right. And yes, that was, that was our guest. She's trying to call in and having some problems. So we'll, We'll clear that up in post-production, but um, really looking forward for uh, Hillary joining our show this evening. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on out there in the, in the world. Um, one of the reasons I'm really excited about uh, bringing our guest on tonight is that she has, like myself, a business background. She, like myself, is a uh, Reiki master. I'm a Reiki master teacher, and I do hypnosis also, but you know, most of the background I have is in uh, is in business. Hey, there she is. I see her there. I see Hillary. So uh, we'll bring Hillary on in a few moments. Let's just uh, get back to where we were. So we're talking about what's going on. And one, one of the reasons I'm so excited about tonight's uh, uh, program is that uh, Hillary has a business background like I do. She has a Reiki background like I do. I'm a Reiki master teacher also. And uh, she has a... Um, She's a seeker, and uh, because of that, she's kind of followed her path, and she was uh, ahead of the curve in terms of, uh, we'll put it in quotes, like alternative kind of radio for about 13 years, and uh, I would liken her uh, to some of the folks we see on Gaia, the George Norries of the world, people like that, and that they're out there talking to people, and they've been doing so for years and years, and really bringing a lot of subjects that people either don't know too much about or afraid to talk about to the forefront. So she's done, she's done some fascinating work and have talked to some fascinating people. In fact, it's interesting. I was watching, uh, I was actually watching George Norrie the other night on Gaia and he interviewed one of the guests who's in Hillary's uh, book, uh, Dr. Judy Wood, who has uh, some theories about nine 11 that are very interesting and provocative. So we're going to bring Hillary out in a few moments. Um, let's talk about what's going on out here. Uh, here we are in New York City. Um, I'm up in Harlem with the, where the studio is. Uh, we had a nor'easter yesterday, very bizarre nor'easter. We've just had a terrible weather here. Uh, September and October were both really lousy. There's a couple of handful of nice days, but usually you get the best weather of the year. And I've always thought that people are playing around with the weather. I don't have, have the proof to corroborate that, but it's like cloudy every day now. I don't know if it's to keep people depressed or whatever, but if that's the case, they're doing a good job. Now it's cold, and uh, at this time of year, it's usually not that cold, but it seems like it's like 
uh, end of November instead of the end of October. And uh, as I recall, I remember going to a Rolling Stones concert at Chase Stadium back in 1989, and I wore a T-shirt. And I remember the date. It was October 26th. And I was like, wow, it's really warm for this time of year. But then over the years, it stayed it stayed pretty warm throughout October and certainly through September. But we have not had that this year. We've had rain. We've had cold weather. And uh, I don't know what's going on, but hopefully, uh, you know, they say there's a mild El Nino. So hopefully for the winter, it won't be too bad here in the Northeast. In the news, we've got, well, the whole thing with the pipe bomber, the uh, Trump fan uh, who sent all those pipe bombs out. And uh, then there was the shooting in the synagogue and uh, people are looking to the president to kind of provide some leadership and cool things down. But uh, he doesn't really want to be in that role. I I guess this role of president for him, he's he's a disruptor. He's not much of a leader, though. And I don't think he has empathy, Uh, but he does have a a cult like following now. People who were for uh, Trump are they, they just doesn't matter what he says or does. Because a lot of it is they're just anti uh, the other side. I saw a poll today and it said both Democrats and Republicans, not only did they disagree with the other side's viewpoint, they didn't really agree with them as people. So and it was 60 something to 30 something. Uh, So two to one in terms of they don't even like the one side doesn't even like the people on the other side. And I'm seeing that with friendships and things like that. I see it in Facebook People say, don't friend me. If you like Trump, you have to be out of your mind and and the opposite. And uh, even with some of my friends, I have a, one or two who for Trump in there. It's like they it's like, what about if you catch him on anything? What about and, you know, what about Hillary and all, all of that stuff? But it's really we're, our country is in a bad state um, when it's so divided. And uh, we're not getting the leadership to, to kind of close the gap on that divisiveness. Elsewhere, with Halloween um, and more happier times, Halloween, I went to a party last night. I have a five-year-old son, so my wife and I took him up the street, and it was a party for a bunch of five-year-olds. And then there was some other kids who were like two grades older, and it was just wild. These kids just running around in costumes, just insane. They were having so much fun um, and eating just uh, <laughs> cupcakes and every sugar and hot dogs and all, all kinds of stuff. And it's interesting because... Uh, um, and the, I've been cleaning myself up over the years and, um, now I, I've done it and I mentioned this on a show a number of times is I have this process of elimination diet where I've quit some eating something every week, this entire year, I'm up to week 44 now. And, uh, so each Sunday I decide what I'm going to give up and uh, it, 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 I, it's been great. I've lost 22 pounds. I feel fantastic. I'm thinking very clearly. It's great. Uh, but it was interesting when you're in some social si- situations, like last night I went out and went to this party, I, I could have sparkling water. And that was basically it. I couldn't have anything there, but it didn't matter. I ate when I got home. And so far, uh, I haven't missed anything. All the things that I crave, most of them sugar-based that aren't very good for you, they're out of my purview now. I'm, I just uh, forgot about them. So even at the end of this year, I'm not going to go back to 75 80% of the things I have given up. I'm not going to eat again. I eat pies and cakes and cookies and ice cream. And the tough one I gave up January 1st, no alcohol. So I'm 44 weeks without any alcohol. I'm not a social drinker. I like to have a glass of wine. I like to have a good tequila now and then. But uh, it's the first year I've done this. I've gone about six months before, but this time going the entire year. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Um, it's 
Halloween story. You know, when I was a kid, I remember it's so much different now. I remember going out. I was dressed up as Goofy, and I must have been like six years old, maybe. I lived in Woodridge, New Jersey, and a different time. And I remember going out. It was after school, and I had uh, two big bags, and I walked up and down the streets by myself, nobody else, by myself at six years old. I had two huge bags full of candy. At the very end, the bags broke, and I ended up with just action. I, I think I had what was left of one, ba- one bag of candy. The other bag broke, and I went home. I was very upset, but the thing is, I was out by myself in the dark and my parents were strict. It was just a different time. And I was out there by myself uh, walking around in a costume, trick or treating, knocking on strange people's doors uh, with not a care in the world. And you know what? Statistics will uh, say that things aren't that different now, but the, uh, the consciousness that everybody has is they think it's a much more dangerous time. So interesting food for thought there Uh, elsewhere. Got the midterm elections coming up. I'm wondering what else is going to happen in these next couple of days. Remember before the 216 election and, uh, you know, Trump likes to trash Comey, but Comey really handed the, the election, in my opinion, to Trump on a silver platter when he kind of said, oh, we have to reopen the, the Hillary uh, uh, investigation. And everybody's like, well, we don't want a presidency uh, that's going to have, you know, all scandals and all of that. So think that really helped Trump. Um, but uh, so I, I wonder what the any more surprises we had this. Uh, we have this group, the migrant group marching towards the border and all of the rhetoric about that. And then we had the uh, these uh, pipe bombs and they caught the guy allegedly who allegedly did that. What else is going to happen? And we have the economy, which in some ways there's growth. And in other ways, you look at the stock market, which is different than the economy, as we know. But the stock market's been down. And the deficit's way up. And people aren't talking about some other things like the environment. What are we doing for the environment? Nothing, basically. Um, a lot of talk about uh, health care and uh, pre-existing conditions. And how could anybody be for somebody who doesn't support pre-existing conditions having coverage? I mean, everybody, if you're over 40, you've got to have something in today's world with all of the toxins that are in the air, the radiation, the Wi-Fi, the heavy metals, the fluoride, the food supply is so much different now with GMOs and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you really have to be careful. Uh, it's like a minefield when you're just trying to eat, eat healthy these days. Um, so people are sick and, um, and it's expensive. And the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country is uh, healthcare. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I just find it ironic that a lot of the folks who are so uh, vociferous in their support for Trump are ones who really have a lot on the line in terms of things they can lose. Um, And, uh, you know, when you give a tax cut to the rich and you have these kind of uh, middle class and lower middle class uh, white folks in the red states, they're not really getting benefits from it. But uh, somehow they're really digging in their heels. And it's a cultural war we have in this country. So hopefully things can heal. Elsewhere, I, I uh, turned in, I didn't t- turn in, I just turned off, um, keeping it as a music player, my iPhone 5S. I wanted to be the last person in civilization with a 5S, and I may have been. And I finally broke down. I picked up the XR, I, uh, the 10R, 10R, I guess they call it, XR, uh, the new phone from uh, Apple, and I got it delivered, and I set it up. Ugh. 
but it took me two hours on the phone with Apple to get it set up. Not that it was the fault of the phone or anything, but I had, I had an encrypted password in my iTunes from like 10 years ago. And I didn't keep track of that. I had, everything had to be reset. And then once you do get the new phone, you open up all the apps, you have to kind of re um, you have to sign up again for all the apps, basically just about all the apps and what a hassle, but they actually, they had a good film on the website. Uh, explaining the phone, and they also offer a half-hour tutorial, which uh, online, which I signed up for. I just want to see what it's like. I, I'm going to take that tomorrow. But um, elsewhere, I love the phone. It's unbelievable. I haven't had to charge it yet. I've had it for three days. I haven't charged the phone yet. It's unbelievable. Uh, crisp, clear graphics, super fast. Uh, what a change! And it makes you really appreciate things because uh, here I was with my iPhone 5S where the battery was going. I had to carry a charger around for me for the last month. I thought it was going to go at any, any minute. Um, but here I am. The only thing I haven't figured out yet, I think I figured it out, but I'm not sure is, you know, remember when Apple gave out those me.com accounts? Well, with those, you have some type of password. And sometimes like on my, uh, my at least mine, my desktop, the, the, it asked me for a password for me.com, even though I never use that. And I changed my Apple ID to another email address, but it pops up and I couldn't get into that either. So I had to reset that with a new password. Just, uh, you know, this is what happens when we have this type of technological world. But I, I th- tell you what, well, I think we may get past it because today I picked up the, you know, I picked up the phone. You don't even have to sign in anymore. You just, it's facial recognition the good and bad of that, you know, for privacy, probably not so good, but you know, you just pick up the phone and it's on. So that's kind of cool. We're going to bring out our guest in a moment. Um, this is guys, guys, radio, your host, Robert Manny, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. I'll give a little lead in for Hillary Ramo, and then we'll bring her on in about a minute. You're listening to the guys, guys radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. This is a podcast number 322. Let me tell you a little bit about her guest. She's an inspiration for me. Um, I got her book in the mail. It's Transcripts, Hillary, the Hillary Ramo Show Transcripts, Conversations on Technology, Time Travel, ETs, 9-11, and Consciousness. And she's just done some amazing things. Let me read a little bit about who she is. Um, her radio career began in 2005 at a local terrestrial station upstate new york and expanded to the online radio markets as a syndicated program 2008 she launched the hillary ramo show on achieve radio and she rose to number one uh, on the network with millions of listeners worldwide she is an inspiration to me Uh, as a leading female voice in the popular alternative media genre she's inspired many people to understand the importance of better quality information alternative perspectives on the world uh, which is so important because we know the news is, you know, there's about five companies that own everything and they control the news. So we, we're going to get what they give us. So we need these alternative voices. She's men- mentored others to begin radio programs on their own. Maybe she'll help uh, Guys Guys Radio get to the next level. As an award-winning photographer, she's artist, writer, founder of Love Breathe for Earth 2014. She's dedicated her life to the awakening of truth, Seekers worldwide. Her many shows over the years reflect the changing tides of a world in need of better understanding. And th- this book is really cool. It's got a special kind of hindsight in the time where social media was new, Bitcoin was blooming, and she's an expert on that. And our ever-present digital age was being born. She lives in Altamont, New York, with her family, and uh, 
she loves spending time in nature. There's a lot of cool uh, nature photographs on her uh, social media pages, and she collects rare books. So let's bring her on right now. I'm really inspired and uh, honored to have Hillary Ramo as my guest on Guys Guys Radio. Good evening, Hillary. How are you? Well, hello, Robert. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. What a great introduction. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, I have to tell you, I really am. You're like, I, I don't want, I'll put the word hero in quotes, but you're doing everything. You've done everything that I want to be doing. And you've taken a similar path, at least initially, because my background's business. I'm a Reiki master also. And I've been kind of pulled this, drawn in this direction. And uh, I started my podcast having a lot of, uh, based on my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's a rom-com. And I had a lot of relationship coaches on the show. And then people started sending me publicists, started sending me guests, uh, wellness, um, channelers, psychics, healers. And I was like, this is what I should be doing. And I'm getting more and more. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's like for seekers, the show is for seekers. Now people who want truth, who want new perspectives, they can decide what they want to do with the information, but you were doing this 13 years ago. So how, what was your inspiration to, to do this? And you're so far ahead of the curve. What did you learn in those 13 years? Well, I learned a lot. I learned how to listen really well. I learned how to have a good conversation and seek out information that perhaps isn't the official story that's always being told by mainstream media. Alternative media for me happened to include people like myself around the same time I got into radio and we were all kind of doing the same thing. We were researching, trying to bring out information that was important, that had uh, legit relevant reasons for us to be able to understand these topics more and all that. So I, I feel like I was a part of a team that kind of came out when we were supposed to and we were doing the work we were supposed to and that changes over the years different teams come out onto the world platform and do the work and that switches and changes according to each people, you know, everybody in their own path, so to speak. So mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to be able to work alongside some great people and uh, help other people bring their voices out to the world and do the same. Well, uh, I have to ask you, you know, I, I, why, how come you, what are you doing? Are you doing a podcast now? I know you, you are reading your book, um, uh, you got kind of a little bit turned off, and no pun intended, by some of the things happening in the politics, I guess, of uh, radio. But um, it seems like you have such a you have a following. You have such a great message. You've interviewed these incredibly dynamic uh, people. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, what what where are you going to go now? I, I mean, it seems like there's a real need for people like you. Well, there is, but I feel like you know the the genre itself has kind of gotten lost it gets it gets it's been turned into kind of a pseudo hollywood you know you have your celebrity guests you have the rat pack right. that goes to all the conferences so you're really only again hearing the same maybe 10 15 voices and theories and you know it's always it, it's really similar to any other industry behind the scenes and a lot of people don't realize that you're dealing with egos and publicists and, and people who really just care about money most of the time. And then you have some right. people who are doing the work for the whole sole purpose of doing the work. Well, those are two very different people. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, disinformation that has come on into alternative media over the years. I saw a lot of people just regurgitating information without really doing good source checking. And I think you have to really be able to think in order to be on the air as a radio host because otherwise 
you're just giving out disinformation and, and inseminating that into the minds of your listeners, and that doesn't do anybody any good. So you need a good researcher. You need somebody who has a heart. You need somebody who has compassion doing this kind of work. And, you know, if you look around in today's climate, it appears that we're really at odds with each other and the opinions are becoming weapons and, and words yeah. and all of these things that people lash out at each other because they can't respect other people's opinions and perspectives. So I find alternative media important because it, it is all about offering an alternative perspective. It's all about giving the alternative content online mostly to people that would like to read more about other things besides what is just told to them by their leadership for the official story. So what I see happening now is kind of a, you know, it's a reigning in sort of uh, happening where we're going to start seeing a war on content. We're already watching it happen. Mm -hmm. And content has the ability to sway opinions. It has the ability to sway votes. It has the ability to sway uh, perspectives and how people see the world, the reality that we live in, and, it, and the, it's very powerful. So if you are trying to control a population and you want to control, you have to control the story. And if you can't control the story, then you really don't have any power. And you can't operate politics as usual if content is all over the Internet, you know, giving different perspectives like Dr. Judy Wood that you mentioned in your introduction, mm -hmm. who's um, both of her show transcripts are in this book because it's the, her yep. perspective is so important in my opinion. So if we didn't have the ability to offer Judy a platform where she could offer her research, how would we all know about her work? She's certainly not mm -hmm. going to be on CNN. She's certainly not right. going to be on, you know, NBC, ABC. Mm -hmm. you know, she's not going to be on these mainstream shows owned by the five companies that you mentioned because they're biased and they, they go along with telling the official story. So if you are an enemy of the media or if you are somebody who is doing something wrong and you listen to these alternative media type uh, content things on you know, YouTube, radio, whatever, um, <clears throat> you're not going to be so quick to jump on the bandwagon when you know, a mainstream television show pops up online or on your TV and says, well, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. You're going to tend to question that. And questioning the official story doesn't help Democrats or Republicans right. or independents or liberals or whatever you are, right? It really doesn't help sway the opinion towards the leadership. And that has always really been the case because when alternative media really started blooming, in my opinion, it started blooming around the same time I was on the air. Other people mm -hmm. would tell you it's been going on since the 60s, 70s. There's been lots of people who've been doing this for a long time. However, not too many people appreciate the alternative perspective right now because we're so busy fighting and mudslinging and believing propaganda and being swayed and emotionally triggered by everything, and we don't have the ability to stay centered. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you have a similar background with Reiki and business because not mm -hmm. too many people can balance the healing energies along with the business practical stuff. It's very difficult. So as a healer, you must be able to see the bigger shadow healing and all of these triggerings going on all over the place. And, you know, it's sad and unfortunate that people choose violence or violence is orchestrated to deliver a message 
However that happens, we all have our own reactions to it, right? But for those people who cannot or have not learned how to center themselves, emotional drastic drama-like events are going to push them off their center and trigger their PTSD because we all have some form of cultural PTSD. Thanks to 9-11 in my opinion. So I don't know if you want me to continue. I can, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I feel as far as alternative media being so important Mm -hmm. because it offers a different perspective. Like, you know, if this was so contained and controlled, people like you and I wouldn't be able to have a radio show. True. Okay. And when I started my radio show, I still had to write up a proposal and have the network take a look at it and, you know, approve it or not. Now anybody with a microphone and a laptop can pull up a radio station and do a show. So content has become overwhelming. And you have global leadership around the world who really wants to put a stop to that because you can't simply offer alternative perspectives all over the place to populations you're trying to conduct business as usual in. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I, my sense, Hillary, is that I don't think people really, they're, they're, they're very set in how they feel. You're on this side or that side, but I don't think they're getting the right information. I, and I, I don't, I, I'm not saying I'm getting the right information, but I think there's a story behind the story and a story behind that, that there's a lot of different layers. And, uh, you know, you look at um, going through your book and reading about Obama, and I know a lot of people who, like, they love Obama, and I was like, I don't know about this guy because he's never said a word about GMOs. I don't know if he was told to shut up once he became president that there's, you know, you have the job, but if you start messing around, you're not going to be around to finish it. Uh, and then you have Trump, who's like the great disruptor, and now he's talking about, you know, I don't really like his personal style at all. And one or two things he said that I agree with, like, okay, go back to the gold standard with money. Well, we don't have a standard right now except for the petrol dollars. And now, of course, uh, currency is going to come along, and uh, that's based on, you know, a ledger, basically. Um, But I I don't think people are getting the great population. They're getting the the true story, yet it's been set up so everybody's angry and everybody's fearful and everybody's against each other. But I don't think – we have the right facts. Ha- we, we don't have the, it's not the right fact. I don't think we have the facts. I think we have a story, but we don't have the real story. What are your thoughts on what's being fed to the population and what's kind of behind the scenes? Well, I think people are intuitive and they know when they're being, bull, you know, bs They know when, the, when something's not right. And, you know, our intuition has always led us to survive because it's built in to our biology. And some of us are better at listening to it than others. And when you're really good at listening to your intuition, you can't be told a lie and not know it on some level. So I think mm-hmm. what's happening is, is, you know, many people are just dismissing not too many people. Um, have mastered it, in my opinion. I think a lot of people still have to work really hard to figure out how to listen to that intuitive voice. And sometimes I even, you know, have to go back and forth between obligations and intuition. Sometimes my intuition is saying, no, 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 don't do that. But my obligations are requiring me to do it. So I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people find themselves in that same situation. So when you have an official story that isn't challenged by anything and all the alternative media information content is gone, and scrubbed off of the platforms and you can't Google it to find anything, well, then your intuition really isn't finding the truth the way it really wants to because how else are we equipped 
lay population to find things. How many people go down to the library now and search right. out books and Nobody. read them, right? <laughs> we, we, Everybody turns Wikipedia. to electronic devices. The digital right. age is here, folks. And what happens when we have a new era? Well, we have to adapt. And so many of us have adapted. And the younger generations are coming up with this it's programmed right in from the start. I mean, they're handing out iPads in kindergartens in some school, mm-hmm. for God's sake, yep. right? Parents are going out and buying, you know, iPhones, smartphones at what age? Younger and younger and younger. Yep. So we're really programming our children to grow up with these, thinking it's, it's innovation and it's progress. And in some ways it is, right? And in some ways it's not. some ways it has created such a codependent, socially validated system that we now equate, you know, millions of likes with credibility, which is really dangerous because I've seen some of the most stupid content online Mm -hmm. get millions and millions of views and other content that deserves a lot of views get very little. So where are we basing our value system? I mean, everybody wants to talk about currency and, and, you know, politics and all this, but we're missing something really vital. We're missing the heart of the digital age is it's starting to really beat very clearly and strongly through our systems. And it's going to become so intertwined that it will be next to impossible to be able to untwine that digital mm-hmm. inter- infrastructure will be completely dependent and in some way imprisoned by it. In fact, the 5G system that is getting ready to roll out and the, the, the timeline on that was moved up to 2019. So most of that has been put into place. Um, actually emanates the same EMF frequencies as the, the Pentagon crowd control technology. So if you think about the 5G system that's going in, everybody can get online faster and check those kitten videos much quicker and, and you know, find a date and get on social media and complain about something. Well, you can do all that real fast now, but what you're not realizing is those, those waves, those frequency waves are going through everything, your body, nature, the building around you, the building next to you. The, the system has been rebuilt into a beaming-like system. So we're going to be inundated with these frequencies that nobody has ever really been completely inundated with before. So how does that trigger the mental system, the emotional system, the energy system? Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about that. And one thing that Democrats and Republicans do agree on, and you won't hear them fighting about it on your you know, media sensations, is digital uh, expansion, digital infrastructure, you know, surveillance systems. I mean, they all agree on it. So they're all working together to make that happen. And nobody's complaining about that. That's You're not true. hearing a dot, you know, you don't hear anything about that, right? You mm-hmm. just hear about, oh, you're so mean, and it's just this, it's this like cat and mouse with your attention. And I don't think people are equipped with really the ability to pull away from it because it's so entertaining. I mean, we are a very superficial culture. The West is seen from a global perspective as kind of a temper tantrum teenager. Yep. You know, we haven't, we haven't found our wisdom as a country. We haven't found – our roots are really – you know, you want to talk about scandal, you want to talk about the American roots and how they developed and, and what they conquered and, and did to the cultures that were here before we came. Fertile. So yeah. you want to talk about massacres and all this, you know, it, it, people's rights not being this and that. Well, you know, hello, we founded the very country we all live in based on taking that away from the people that were here first. 
So I, I, I have a lot of different perspectives on these things yes. because I've been exposed to different information, because I have researched different information, and I realize that my perspective is unique, but it's important. And there's other people out there like me who have gone through similar information sets and they have the knowledge of and it's so it's it really depends on your perspective and how much time you've actually looked into this you know you mentioned weather technology in the beginning people yeah. are probably either going what is he talking about or they're going oh yeah i know all about it i know all about it i, I watched coast to coast and i listened to hillary ramo and i listened to alex mm-hmm. jones i listened to all these people i know all about it well you probably don't know all about it but right. you also have to remember that the earth is a living, breathing being itself, and it's on a timeline that we cannot even fathom. It's, it's so beyond our construct of time and understanding of seasons and movement and equinoxes and solstices moving and changing. We do not live in the same pyramid culture that ancient cultures did. We don't have a sense of connection to the earth like, like our ancestors did, all of our ancestors, not just certain ones, every single one. So until we return to our roots as indigenous people to the land, and we learned how to grow, we learned how to pay attention to the cycles, and when the weather patterns are changing, we're, we're at the mercy of people who spoon-feed us the information and tell us what to think and believe. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your book and why you did the book, and then we'll drill down into a couple of the guests and a couple of the topics that I think might be interesting to our, our listeners. So what inspired you, Hillary, to pull together these show transcripts, which are fascinating. A um, couple of questions here. What inspired you? How did you choose your guests? And then are, are your uh, broadcasts still available to be listened to anywhere? They still run on Achieve Radio on Tuesday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So okay. it, it does. It just, it just goes on forever. <laughs> so I guess he mm-hmm. just plays it every Tuesday night and, and will as long as, as the network is running. Um, you can find them there. But see, here's the difference between listening to a radio show and reading a book, and one of the reasons I chose to put these into print. You know, anything can happen to digital files online, like it or not. We live in the digital age where people can get Mm -hmm. into your content, change it, do things to it, take it off, wipe it down, or, you know, maybe not even that nefarious. You know, your network might just close and the website goes down, right? Well, say goodbye to your archives. So, that was always a concern for me. Where do I park my content where I know that it's not going to be just wiped off? Because once your content's wiped off, there goes your legacy, right? There goes all those years of hard work right. and everything along with it, including the content of the conversations, which my guests brought great quality content to my show. I, I handpicked every single one of my guests. Nobody ever booked them for me. I always went after the people I wanted to talk about, meaning I had an interest in their work most 99% of the time. I think the 1% I didn't do it was when, you know, somebody had recommended somebody and I wasn't familiar with them and I learned about Mm -hmm. them as I went and I was glad that I did. So it was always that way for my radio show. So when I picked the people that I put into the book, I thought very hard and long about what was going on in the world around me today. You know, fast forward 10 mm-hmm. years, who cares about a conversation that took back, you know, that took place back then? Who cares? Who cares what I talked about 10 years ago? Well, when you read it and yep, then you look exactly. at the advances that have been made Very in relevant. those particular industries. 
mm-hmm. um, you see a very, I think, very useful and interesting hindsight. You see the growth in the industries. You see the changes. You see what my guests might have talked about a little bit back then and how they were right or how that progressed. And I think it's really important to what we're facing today. You know, some of the chapters have to do with 9-11. Well, I think we lost a lot of our privacy laws based on 9-11. And I think 9-11 was the gateway opener to allowing us to go into the Middle East Mm -hmm. to take over a lot of the things that were going on there. And we're still there, by the way. So when we talk about leadership and we talk about these big events that have happened, a lot of this information in my book helps to give a very different perspective on things. And there's a progression of information from Chapter 1 to Chapter 20 that is yes. intentional and the lineup is intentional and the way I bring the readers through the information is intentional. And I don't just give you the hard stuff. I sprinkle in a lot of the spiritual stuff, the higher perspective yes, stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want, and that's how I always did my shows. So I tried to stay consistent with me, with who I am um, and what that means as an artist, as a produce, as a producer of a show, as a host, as a you know holding my honor and integrity when I brought people on and asked them questions, I always had the hope and, and intention to bring whoever I brought onto the air to give them a platform to be able to share their information because I always felt that was a unique set of inf- it was a unique set of information. It wasn't something everybody was talking about, but it was something that some people might have been talking about and maybe more people needed to understand it. My intuition led me in picking these 20 people. My intuition, hard work, digging through all the content I produced all those years and trying to make some sense out of that that would be relevant to the reader today. Okay, let's uh, let's pull a couple of those uh, folks up. Uh, let's start with uh, Dr. Judy Wood and 9/11, because uh, I, being a New Yorker, I was here on the day 9/11, and I witnessed it, and I was a part of uh, making my way through the city. I went to get my girlfriend out of her office. Uh, I remember going down to the Empire Diner that evening, and we were having. Uh, having something to eat and we counted all of the ambulances and all the trucks going downtown, going past us. And a lot of people I've noticed, I personally was not emotionally affected by it. I was more of a watcher and I'm like, am I like a distant, I'm not a sensitive person because people were freaking out. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, this is the way I am. I have to see what's going on here and follow it. And of course, horrible things, these uh, deaths and all. One of my best friends was in uh, tower one, I talked to him about it afterwards. I said, what do you think happened? He goes, well, we smelled the plane fuel. And I'm like, do you really think that the, the building, uh, the steel melted from uh, jet fuel? And uh, I didn't get a real uh, hard answer from him on it, but I wasn't going to press him because I just don't believe. I think there was some chess pieces being moved, and that was one of them but with uh, 9-11. And then uh, into your book, I noticed that uh, I remember when we went into Iraq, and I'm like, why are we going in there? There's got to be. People aren't that stupid to attack the wrong country. There must be something there. And in your transcripts is talk about there was some ancient technology uh, in some of the museums that governments want to get hold of because it could be repurposed now. So uh, Judy Wood talks about the uh, dustification of the buildings and showed, I just saw her on Gaia and in reading uh, your book, she talks about how the buildings, you know, they didn't, if they would have fallen straight down, there'd be much bigger piles of rubble. And then there were trucks that took things away that day. And nobody ever talks about that. 
What was your sense of getting all the information you've gotten from Dr. Wood and other people? What was the whole 9-11 all about? Well, I believe what she talked about. She's extremely credible. Her expertise yeah. is very, very specific, and it's vast. So the and she has no agenda yeah, no, well, the first thing I do when I introduce people to Dr. Wood's work is introduce them to her and mm-hmm. go through her vast amount of degrees and where she comes from academically and what her specialities are. You know, she, she specializes in structure and how structure falls. And, I mean, there's fancy mm-hmm. names for it, and I'm not giving it any credit right now because I can't remember it, but that's what it is. <laughs> and so she's talking about these very specific things about the structure that, of course, only, again, only someone like her would notice or someone who has the same credit, you know, uh, background as she does. Other mm-hmm. people aren't going to notice the things that she noticed because we're not that smart. We don't pay attention to the physics of how buildings fall or the structure elements. And we don't have that training. So we're not going to pay attention. We're not going to notice. Well, I'm glad she did because her book is phenomenal and she had to self-publish it in China because nobody would publish it here mm-hmm. because our publishing companies in this country are just as kind of biased as the mainstream media can be. It, it's very similar. So when she brought her book out and it's of course it's expensive, but it's worth every penny. It's, it's a fantastically done thesis on 9-11 and she's discredited a lot. She's mocked. She's uh, yes. fun of mm-hmm. And I think it's just another tactic. Hecklers come out of the woodwork when you're on to something that's really powerful and strong. And if they can't censor you or shut you up, then they send in the mockers. Or they mm-hmm. send people who can, you know, destroy her reputation by talking stuff. And all it takes these days is a negative, making fun of type comment on whatever, YouTube or social media for people to take sides and start slinging the mud. So Considering the world we live in, Judy's work getting out there the way it has, I'm really glad it has. And I'm really happy to every single radio host or TV host who has brought her on and given her a platform to talk because she really goes into the whole theory about how there was a different physics at work on the site that day and how the building structure fell, the dust, the holes in the metal the way papers weren't burnt, but they were just kind of falling around when they should have been burning if this was, you know, what they said it was. And again, we go back to the official story says, okay, the official story says, well, your official story is coming from your leadership and your leadership wants you to believe something. So they're going to tell you what they want to tell you. So you believe it. People like us, where we come out with alternative media content perspectives Mm -hmm. are talking about, people like Dr. Judy Wood's work and we're giving a different perspective and we're saying, hey, wait a minute, this lady says this and maybe we should listen. That's all we have to do is listen, right? And yeah, make up our minds. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's not really a popular thing anymore. I, 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 it's, it's, this is the kind of thing that we're, we're going to be facing because people like Dr. Judy Wood who, who have these different perspectives on 9-11, well, they're just a thorn in the official story's behind right so eventually the content i think is going to be scrubbed off it's going to be scrubbed gaia has its own pop internal problems you know networks always seem to get to a certain extent certain uh, notoriety i guess and then they just start to have problems they fall apart they don't really ever 
get to the same level of money and stability as the mainstream media. And that, of course, is because the system is set up to support that. So I don't know how to really answer your question, but she, she, I'm just really glad she's alive and she's doing what she's doing. And people are giving her the time of day and listening and taking a look at her work because uh, it really does suggest that something else was at work. And you can't ignore her evidence. Her evidence is really well presented. Yeah, and then there were things like when they announced that Building 7 was down before it was even down. I was like, that was... Or like, the fact what? that it even fell in the middle of the city, like, you know, yeah, a few, in the middle of the few day. buildings over from where the plane right. hit. I mean, exactly. it's, it's common sense. And again, it's intuition saying but something's not right. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. And um, right. it, it, it's just, uh, just mind-boggling. Uh, I remember science, when people started um, asking questions, Scientific American, I think, came out with an article, and everybody pointed to that. Like it, but they, they debunked any theories about uh, what was uh, anything different than kind of the mainstream narrative on it, and uh, that made a lot of things go away because they were like, "Oh, it's Scientific American," and uh, so, and people just went on uh, thinking, "Osama bin Laden's a bad guy. We're going to go get them." I remember how uh, how people around the world. Uh, we're feeling and how Americans were feeling about each other after 9-11, just driving down the street and seeing American flags on cars and people letting you cut in, cut in and like letting you in and being nice and everything. And then we invaded Iraq and everything changed it. Things got divisive, but very, just very strange, something I had never experienced in terms of the, the behavior and then the acceptance of the, uh, the, the giving away of our privacy with the Patriot Act and then it being reinstituted. It's like, wow, it's over now. Because now if you read through your transcript scripts and other things, you could see that everybody's watching every single thing that we do all of the time. Um, and it's it just the way it is. That's not going to change. Um, what's your uh, thoughts about um, privacy nowadays? What, what do people need to know? Besides well, there isn't I think any. They need to... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're, you know, in the middle of the woods somewhere and hopefully there's right. no technology there. <laughs> but, uh, well, China has implemented this interesting structure called the social credit score. And right. what, they, what they are doing in China is they are identifying people according to a social credit score. So you're, this is kind of like a Black Mirror episode. They did, a, they did an episode on something similar to this. And I think it was very predictive to what we're seeing in China. China has this, uh, you know, people can rate each other, your social interactions can be rated, and then your facial recognition technology that we've all come to accept as normal uh, helps to identify you in their public surveillance uh, technology. And a little square will come up above your head, and it will talk about, you know, who you are, where you live, all of this information is available to whoever is viewing uh, the screen at that moment. And it's, it's easy to find who you are. It's easy to find what you post everywhere. It's easy to find what you do online. It's easy to find what your Google search history is. I mean, Edward Snow, I, I, I did a show with Wayne Matson. Right. His transcript is in this That was book, fascinating. We did, fascinating. This was about the Edward Snowden years. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everybody listening to this remembers Edward Snowden. It hasn't been yep. that long, although there's a major motion movie out now that you can go watch mm-hmm. <laughs> if you'd like yep. to freshen up on the official story. Um, yep. Edward Snowden did us a great service by coming out and telling the public 
that there was this kind of all-invasive technology happening that law enforcement will use, the special services will use, CIA, FBI, all those people. And so, you know, and, and what he also did was he, he talked about how TVs, the cameras in TVs and now thermostats and smart homes and our phones and all these things have the ability to be reverse worked. So that means that you could be watched through these little cameras in your devices around your house. And we all thought back at the time, you know, oh, what a conspiracy theory. Oh, my God, it's such a conspir- it was such a conspiracy then. So, of course, here I am talking mm-hmm. to Wade Matson, and I'm going, what's the truth to all this? And, and, you know, what do you think about what Edward Snowden has come out and talked about? And, of course, I had my own opinion, and my opinion was I think he, he really was worried about the invasion of privacy that we don't even understand quite fully mm-hmm. yet. But a lot of the things that were being talked about on, on alternative media back then were about these conspiracy theories of the technology. Our refrigerators can watch us. Our, our cell phones and everybody's going, oh, that's so paranoid. You're so paranoid. That's ridiculous. But now we Or, I have, not, or I have nothing to hide, so many people say, right? Like, well, so what? They're watching. Been, I'm not doing anything wrong. Shaped. Yeah. People have been shaped to believe that, Robert, because mm-hmm. they're, they're told, you know, you don't need privacy. What do you need privacy? You're a good citizen. We're going to have a good social credit score when that system comes to the U.S. Could you imagine that system in the U.S. where people yeah, get to rate each other? And I mean, we would tear each other up. We'd all have F, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody with yeah. an A is probably right rich now, and yeah. for that A. <laughs> Well, yeah. in China, if you have a poor credit score, social credit score, you can't fly or buy real estate, okay? And that is a slippery slope, and I don't even think that's – it's just completely immoral to me as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the, the level of judgment that is infused into these infrastructures is absolutely necessary in order for them to work. So I think what happens is, is you know, you have these social environments that are instigated and stoked and – prodded and and created out of necessity to be able to distract people from things like this, because really we should be having these conversations. And some people will say, no, it's not a spiritual thing. You you know, it's dark energy. It's this and that. Well, I say, come on. Get Mm -hmm. talking about the hard stuff is moving beyond the fear. Talking about the hard stuff is going in with light. Talking about the things that we should be really, uh, you know, uh, aware of and and why when we turn our modem on and we connect to the Wi-Fi, what it really means and what the hacking abilities are and how, you know, medical files were digitized, right? And then everything started to get hacked and Bitcoin ransoms were happening all over the place. And so all of these things were going on and people don't understand it and they don't understand things that get afraid of it. And so fear really is a, is a, a nasty bacteria that spreads very quickly and it's a disease of consciousness. And so when you have a disease of consciousness happening and you don't have anywhere to go with it, people don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to get out of it. We're not all really schooled in healing arts. You don't see healing right. arts in the public school system, right? So not the majority yet. of people have to unlearn, how to uh, really see the world, and then they have to relearn how to really appreciate the full spectrum and complexity of life in order to be able to really grasp 
the full potential that humans actually really do have. And I don't care what your spiritual beliefs are. I think that understanding can be translated and filtered through every religious or spiritual belief system. I used to talk a lot about that spiritual side of it, and people, you know, would either understand it or not understand it, and I would keep feeling the need to explain it, but I don't anymore because I think what happens is some of these topics are so uh, broad and, and general and, and really include everybody that it really doesn't matter what you believe or what kind of God you pray to. You can still incorporate the fact that your TV is spying on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you can still yeah. turn yeah. it off and unplug yeah. it and mm-hmm. have some kind of dialogue with your family about the, the need for being mindful in a digital age. Yeah, I think one of the <laughs> scariest things that people don't realize is that with this invasion of privacy that the uh, powers that be, if you will, can go in and look if you're working on a manuscript or something and just hijack that and pass it out to somebody else that, you know, there's nothing that's sacred. It's, it's out and out exploitation and stealing, but that, that can occur through the digitation uh, of, of everything, every part of our life. The other thing is I think that people, um, a lot of people don't want to know the truth because they're afraid. They're afraid of the truth and they're afraid of knowing that they might have swallowed a bill of goods, even though it's not their fault. We've all been sold something since we've grown up. And, you know, some people would rather know the truth no matter when it is. So what if you've, if we've lived under false uh, guises, let's, let's, let's have the truth. Now, other people, they don't want to think that, well, maybe my whole life was nonsense because of the the beliefs I've had. And I don't want to know anything different. Everything's going okay right now. What are your thoughts on that, that the, the, the people, some people want the truth and other people really don't want it because they're afraid of it because it would shatter their worlds and their uh, perceptions and self-perceptions? Well, it's, it's like believing in Santa Claus. Okay. You have this magical <laughs> childhood where Christmas is great and, oh, my gosh, how magical is, is a ton of toys appearing under a tree? I mean, how much, how much more magical can you get when you're like, little kid right Mm -hmm. and then when you come to you get to be older and then you know johnny q at school decides to tell you there's no such thing and you go home and you cry and your mom either says well yeah he's right and then you have to go Mm -hmm. through that breakdown right then and there exactly or she continues the illusion Mm -hmm. for whatever reason so it's 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 really similar to that it's like a breakdown of reality but then you realize that, well, mom and dad went and bought the gifts and pretended and lied to me for years. And, you know, there is no such thing as sand and everything comes from Walmart or whatever. And, and none of it is meaningful or magical anymore. And we, and we harden and we become uh, disbelievers and, and we feel like we've been kind of hoodwinked, right? So it's very similar to the breakdown of reality when it comes to certain things. You know, you talked about Obama before. Well, he helped pass the Dark Act, which I did a show yeah, on. That's right. And mm-hmm. uh, he, the, there's no disclosure of GMOs. You don't know what you've been eating for the last 10 exactly. years, really, because he helped hide that. Exactly. So anybody who wants to really his, talk his about this stuff. Yeah, he appointed. Uh, and uh, Go ahead. No, no, no. It's, it's sorry. I just got on a roll. <laughs> you no, 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 you go, have go. just cut me off and, and yeah, I mean, no, no. I, I'm sorry. So I just feel like people forget there's like a short term memory problem in this country, mm-hmm. especially because we are, we have such short attention spans because again, the digital age has helped to 
program your brain to have short attention spans so you don't remember really what happened last month or last year and perspectives can get very distorted that way and it can also be very manipulative for certain power structures that are aware of that and that you know and I think that's kind of what Donald Trump does is he'll say something somewhere and people will catch him on video or or record him or whatever and then you know a month or two or six later he's saying something different and people just don't remember even when they're shown the video clip or the other clip or whatever it's like their brain doesn't attach it to reality yeah, that's true. so i'm really curious because we're really in new new frontiers okay mm-hmm. we're in yep. new frontiers when it comes to the effects of the real effects of the digital age on people's relationships uh ability to deep and critical think ability to have imagination, have a relationship with nature, to honor and respect indigenous wisdom within ourselves, intuition, all of that. Who's studying that? And where are those studies being published? That's a great point, Hillary. Great point. Um, talk to me a little bit about, uh, let's pick another guest out. Um, David Icke, um, very famous uh, kind of whistleblower, if you will, disclosure person. He talks about the bloodlines of a lot of people who are kind of running the world uh, going all the way back and way back and then uh, kind of some tie-ins with kind of the reptilian types and the Illuminati. And um, uh, one of your questions to him is, well, aren't you concerned about kind of being taken out with all these things you're, you're talking about? And uh, he was like, well, it is it kind of, it is what it is. Tell us about the importance of uh, what he's talking about and, uh, and why, uh, why he hasn't gotten more pushback. And then actually my question for you, Hillary is, did you get a lot of pushback doing what you were doing because you were so ahead of the curve and ahead of your time? Well, let me start with David Icke. David Icke's work was instrumental in me starting my radio show in the first place. So that's why he was chapter one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I remember going through his work. I was kind of challenged or told, not told to, but challenged to read his work by the Lynn Andrews, who I was working with at the time. And Lynn had said to me privately, she says, oh, go read David Icke's work. Go read every book he has written. And that point was like about 2005. So his work at that time is what I dove into for about a year. And I couldn't really read anything else because I was so appalled at the information I was taking in from his books. Mm -hmm. If she hadn't told me to do it, I would have closed it after page one and said, this guy is crazy. No way. I'm not even going to give this any time of day. And run away and probably burn the book. (laughs) <laughs> and just maybe there was something attached to it. Who knows, right? Um, I laugh because everybody does that for the most part when they first get introduced to his work. But if you can get past the initial shock, and I went from front, you know, cover to cover and read through every piece of his work at that up to that time, and I really could understand it from many different perspectives because I was – finishing up my Reiki training. I was understanding how the body was working from an energetic standpoint. Um, I, I got, I got a lot of it because I had already started to really get into researching and doing some of the radio work that I was getting ready to do. So I understood a lot of where he was going. And then I decided to read his source books. And when I read his source books, I was really convinced that this man was onto something, but the reptilian aspect of it, I felt was like kind of a distraction, although I could understand it energetically. I didn't really think people were walking around like that 
old TV show back in the 80s called V. Remember when mm-hmm. all the aliens yep. were underneath the skin? I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but yeah. um, I didn't. I had never seen that for myself, so I, I didn't have a personal reference to that, but I could understand what he was saying about the bloodlines because when you look at the royal bloodlines around the world, I mean, they really do go to great lengths to protect and, and honor the bloodlines. Now, are they doing evil ceremonies behind the doors? I don't know. I've never seen it for myself, but there's a lot of really good evidence and research done by David Icke and other people who, who give validation to that. Even some firsthand quote, whistleblower type witnesses that have come forward and said, you know, a lot of these people are pedophiles and Satanists and and this is how they run the world. Well, now you have all these articles coming out about the church and how pedophile, you know, pedophilia has been has been rampant, and you have these victims coming out saying that they were molested, and and so you have to give some weight to that information that David Ike that he put into those books back then. Mm-hmm. So there's a very valuable hindsight right there. So David Ike talked about the pedophilia, he talked about the Satanists, he talked about all these things that were going on behind the scenes, and you just have to kind of take his word unless you know about it yourself. And then to see the headlines come out and enforce what he's been saying all these years now, I think yep. it's really important. Mm-hmm. So you know, I can't uh, I can't say all these victims are are lying. It's it's like I right. believe them. I believe that they're coming out and they're saying with the social climate that we have today, with the Me Too movement and everything that's going on, I think they have finally felt safe in coming out too. Had uh, to this kind of part two of my question, Hillary. Did you? Because uh, he was taught you had asked him about him about David Ike about. Did you get any? Uh, you know, ha- were you hassled basically? And how about yourself? Oh, oh right. I'm sorry. Yes. Second no, no, part. No. Mm-hmm. Second part. Um, I just yes throw no. questions at people with bunches. I'm still working on my game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I would find at times over my career that I would have people, you know, suddenly pop up and be real interested in helping me and then suddenly turn into some kind of psychopath or they would, they would destroy, try to destroy Mm -hmm. some element of my work or really just throw a wrench in it or sabotage it or, you know, go out there and try to, uh, mock me and do the same kind of things that they would do to people like Dr. Wood or UFO right. experiencers or believers, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of sort. It's like there's a kind of mockery and kind of um, targeted type energy that these people come with. And mm-hmm. they might find you on Facebook or they might find you on your social media platforms or they might contact you through your uh, website or, you know, find their way to your house even. I mean, right. I've had people call my house and threaten my kids and myself. I've had guests tell me they've had people tell them to not, not go on my show. Wow. So, and that started to happen a lot around the UFO um, years where I was interviewing a lot of the authors that were doing pretty much a lot of work with the Disclosure pro- Project. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like maybe that was the material that was triggering all this. So I kind of got away from that a little bit and just got kind of sick of the whole thing and it still kind of happened. I mean, it really can happen with lots of different information, not just the ET stuff, but it can happen with the alternative health stuff. You know, you look at the FDA and how the FDA comes Mm -hmm. after everybody that offers some kind of alternative cure to disease other than the pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. You have to really wonder who the FDA works for. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think the uh, FDA works sad. for the pharmaceutical companies and is the watchdog to get rid of all the these CDC, right? health systems. I have a so, five-year-old. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how many. Uh, I just got a note from the public school saying, "Oh, uh, he's he's behind on these shots." And I looked. It's like eight shots, and and it, there was a chart. I couldn't believe the amount of. Uh, different types of vaccinations. I thought, okay, you get a handful of them, but the amount, it's like 50 or something over the first 10 years of their life. It's unbelievable. The amount of vaccines that kids are getting nowadays, whether you're for them or against them, it's still a lot. It's like, come on. I think it's, it's, I think it's different than what I had to get. I mean, I'm 45. So 45 years ago, I don't think they were giving as many vaccines as they do now. I don't think the requirements for school were the same when I was going to school as they are now. And um, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of new vaccines that are out. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. suggested vaccines that are now becoming required vaccines. And I don't agree with that. Um, You have to look at the percentage of autistic genome spectrum diseases popping up. You have to look at these things. And if we, if we don't blame it on the food system and we don't blame it on the vaccine system, you know, what else could be causing it besides environmental contamination? Exactly. Right. I don't think that these, I mean, this is something new, so we can't dismiss the fact that this is something really new in the last 50 years, at least. And we have to take responsibility for how our environment is affecting the human species and we have pesticides. We have things that are going into our environment that are contaminating our environment, our water systems, the land, mm-hmm. the soil, the, you know, where our food grows and, and the food, the food itself, the seeds itself are being manipulated to, to hold and, and be able to resist certain kinds of pesticides that can be sprayed on in larger and larger quantities. It all sounds very scary, okay? And it all sounds very negative. But here's the, here's the deal, guys. If we're not talking about this stuff, if we're not having these conversations, if we're not being fully educated and aware of what's going on like this, then we're caught up in either a self-centered space where we don't care or we're caught up in distraction, or we're caught up in the same kind of mental illness that's starting to invade people's minds from the digital age because they're mm-hmm. starting to equate their digital identities with reality. Okay. Um, I want to talk more about your book and about I, I want to talk about UFOs, Bitcoin, time travel, remote viewing, synchronicity, disclosure, but we don't have enough time now. I, you're fantastic, <laughs> and you are an inspiration, and you're a great guest, by the way. Um, would you come back? Uh, we'll set up another, you know, get together because there's so much more and your book's fantastic. And I think you're fantastic too. Could I invite you back? Oh, thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah. I love to, I love to do this. I, you know, radio is in my soul and it's something that I just, it, it's something I'll never go away from. I don't want to host ever again. I've retired from that, but okay. I love being a guest. So anytime All right, you great. invite me back. Be okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, why don't we tell everybody where they can uh, get your book, where they can uh, find more information about you, and then we'll, we'll do another show. I'll set it up uh, off, off, uh, off the air, and uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, the, the book is The Hillary Ramo Show Transcripts, Conversations on Technology, Time Travel, ETs, 9-11, and Consciousness. So, Hillary, tell everybody where we can find you. Sure. You, my, my website is hillaryramo.com. And you can find my book on Amazon, Amazon UK, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu. 
and it's also Fantastic. available in a ebook format as well. Okay, and it's and uh, listeners, it's fantastic. It's a uh, it's a real book. There's a lot of information in it. I, it took me the week to just go through it. And I, uh, as a host, uh, like Hillary, uh, I book my own guests. I screen everybody and say, who do I want to have on the show? And some, of course, some publicists send me people, um, and then I look them up. And a lot of a lot of, before I took anybody, and now I don't. Um, and I really want to take special people and Hillary is special and the book is fantastic. And I learned so much just going through and like, wow, I remember reading Philip Corso's book and now it's uh, uh, the book about Philip Corso. And now you interviewed his son, Junior, Philip Corso, Jr. There's all kinds of stuff in here and uh, I highly recommend it. So uh, thank you so much, Hillary. Um, I'm a little nervous tonight because you are an inspiration and uh I would love to keep uh, in touch with you, and uh, I hope you can grace us again on the show on Guys Guys Radio. Well, thanks so much for having me here, Robert. It's been a pleasure, and you've been a fantastic host. So keep doing the good work in the world. All right. Thank you so much, Hillary. All right, everybody. Let's take a very quick break, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. The Guys Guys Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Just a little wrap-up. We ran a little late tonight, but that's good because we had a fantastic guest, Hillary Ramo. Um, and again, she is an inspiration for me, uh, kind of coming from a similar background and doing, uh, she's done all the work and she's doing the work that I love doing and I'm learning more and more about it and I want to do more and more. So I see her as a beacon for me. Um, we're we're going to be back next Wednesday with another show um, where the shows are on Wednesday, 7 p.m. and Sunday, 8 p.m. But it's a podcast, so I know everybody listens whenever they want. Not that many people listen to live podcasts. They listen on demand. All of our Guys Guys Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Blog Talk Radio, which is the current platform for the show. Um, my novel is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, and power and money. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. It is a rom-com, but I actually de- developed a character in the book who uh, introduces the audience, the reader, to Reiki in a fun way. And uh, from there, I started doing my blog on Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. You can catch me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all, all over social media. The website's probably the best place to find out the most about me and what we're doing, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. The book you can pick up, my novel on, uh, on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's in some stores. Um, you can get the physical copy or the digital copy. It's a lot of fun. If you want to, su- if you want to support the show, I would ask you to go onto iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Any of those would help us out a lot. And uh, again, it's my pleasure bringing seekers out there, information about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. This is Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny, letting you know one more time that, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first.